Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm R.C. Weslowski, your other host today. And uh, we're very happy to have in studio uh, with a brand new book as well, Alexandra Oliver. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me, R.C. and Pamela. Pamela and R.C. <laughs> very glad to have you here. Uh, you've got a reading coming up uh, this evening at the Vancouver Public Library, which we'll talk a bit about uh, touch later. We'll touch on that a bit later, but right now let's get something from the book you've got here. Okay. Um, I'm going to begin with The Achiever's Cradle Song. The neighborhood came for that girl. It was tucked in the cracks of the road, and it stirred in obstreperous trees. It climbed the infirmary walls on the goldenrod day she was born. She was gifted with books and with dolls, and her parents had money to burn, but the domovoy came in disguise. The neighborhood wanted that girl, and it knew she would want it as well. She was always a curious child. The neighborhood waited its turn as she raised her impeccable hand in a seat at the front of the class, while children from hard-bitten homes would gape at her drawings of clouds. It was waiting in garrulous games, in the hurtling shriek of the birds, through the lessons in cello and chess. The neighborhood knew she'd return. She would soon have a living to earn. She was not above changing her mind. The neighborhood knew when to strike, even after the medals for math and the models of dungeons and ships. She took up with a homelier foil who set off her ignorance well. She learned how to lie and cajole. The boys were all put through the mill by her walk and her terrible lips. The neighborhood knew when to strike. She followed it into her death. They were both so extremely alike. Wow. 
So now, is that um, the the book itself? Is there is there a thematic? It seems like a lot of the people that we have guests on, there's like a theme that goes through the whole book, or is it just a collection of just a collection of poems? It's kind of it's loosely thematic because um, when I wrote. Meeting the Tormentors in Safeway was basically about the suburbs and frustrations with the suburbs. And Let the Empire Down was written during uh, a trip, well, actually an extended stay in Glasgow, Scotland. My husband was on a contract. And um, you know the old adage, wherever you go, there you are. And so there I was. (laughs) And you start thinking that geography really isn't the cause of you know, geography isn't really the cause of all your woes. And there's your history to account for. And, uh, you know, the role of like, what makes us what we are, like, does our history make us what we are? Does geography make us what we are? And it was about the idea of, it's called let the empire down, because it's about the idea of defying, defying empires, Um, not just geographical empires, but also ideas of how women are meant to behave. Um, you know, uh, like socioeconomic limitations. So it's about defying, defying certain strata and just becoming, becoming your own person. And the poem that you just read, I, I can the, see how that illustrates that. What was the name of it again? The Achiever's Cradle Song. And right. um, it's sort of about I, being a parent and people are so determined that no matter where they live, their kid is going to become, you, you know, this sort of nervousness of like, is my kid going to, you know, follow this trajectory that I'm going to lie out, lay out for them? Or are they going to be consumed by the environment? the environment, the neighborhood, you know, the will they be sort of subsumed by something that you can't control? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And you saw that in Glasgow as well as from your own suburban background. Yeah, right? well, you'd, you'd see it with, you know, people who were, you know, they wanted to make dead certain that their kid was not going to fall into the cracks and become like, you know, oh, some common family or whatever. And the sort of the snootiness that, that, that people can, can sort of stray into. Yeah, I like I like poems with uh, words that I have no idea what they are, and this oh, one me had too. Uh, had lots. Uh, so for me, anyway, did you? Um, so the work. Can I take a look at the poem? There were a few. Sure. Uh, you've got the book uh, there, so I'm going to sure. Just take it. Yeah, hang on a mo. Um, do 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 do. So I guess my question was: Did yeah. you the words that you're using in here? Do you? Did you know what they all meant ahead of time, or yeah. did you find them? And in- no, I, I I knew what they were. Domovoy, yes, Domov- that was one of them. Domovoy is like sort of uh, I guess the equivalent, the mischievous household spirit in Russian pagan mythology, oh. folk mythology. So um, it's very much a fairy tale term. So would, I guess it would be like the trickster figure. Okay, you know, it would be like a. Kelpie, maybe in Scottish. Exactly. So, so, but Domovoy scanned into the triple meter, and Kelpie right. did. Yeah. So. Right, right. There yeah, you go. Domovoy yeah. was the one that stood out to me. So, uh, and so, how did you come across that? I was reading a lot of fairy tales to. I was reading a lot of fairy tales to my son, and I came across that word, and I thought, "Wow, that's such a beautiful word." You mm-hmm. know, neat. I know. Well, and it's got the domicile right in there, right? It's the Latin root of it. Exactly, and I think that that's part. That's part of the root. I think that's part of what makes the word the word. You know? But then domovoy sounds like almost like it's a dominant, malevolent. You know, yeah. It's got that kind of uh, power. 
thing it, into it as well. It does. It does. Because, and I wanted to convey sort of that mystery of you have kids and you make, here is your path. Mm. Here is your empire. You know, here is what you belong to. This is what you're going to become. But really, you have no choice what your kids are going to become. They yeah. will, I mean, you can expose them to stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, they will be what they will be. Mm. Right. It's kind of um, it's kind of a, a twist or an ironic twist to people who have kids because they want to have like many thems and there's an ego involved. Not everybody has kids for that reason, but there is there are people who do. Yeah, and it's always a kind of um, poetic justice in a way that when their kids turn out to be not many thems at all. Exactly, and you know it's it's sort of it's sort of gotten more virulent like you know the whole thing with like facebook and instagram culture where people have these kids they people have kids and their kids become a kind of accessory to their projected you know accessory to to projections of themselves that they want to they want to show mm -hmm. so it's sort of here i am with my beautiful kid who's like me yeah. you know and and it's you know it's it's hard not to fall into that being a proud mother myself but you know at the end of the day, you know, they're mysterious creatures with their own souls. And and that's how you fight against falling into that is by remembering that or reminding yourself of that? Reminding yourself with that, yeah. And I think using triple meter in this particular poem sort of it becomes kind of an incantation. So it's mm. ah. kind of fish hooks its way into into my consciousness anyways because I have to remind myself of these things as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Let's hear you read another poem, and while you're looking for one, we'll get RC to do this necessary announcement. Okay. For, we have to All do right. for one more week. Uh, so if you've been listening, well, regularly, you probably already know this, but if you've been listening just recently, uh, you may not know that the co-op radio transmitter's been uh, uh, under, not repair, but uh, upgrade and all that sort of stuff, and... Uh, if you've been having any difficulty listening to the radio station interference or a uh, mixed signal or all that kind of stuff because of the transmitter being worked on, give us a call and let us know about it. 604-684-8494, extension 226. It's the transmitter hotline. 604-684-8494, uh, extension 226. And uh, yeah, if you have any difficulties listening to the station, uh, give us a shout. Okay, so uh, now we need, and we need we're going to have another poem, right? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Do you need some more time? I no, no, I have one right here. Here's the villains. <laughs> okay, okay, because I always found villains much more interesting than than heroes in in movies. The villains. I always went for darkness as a girl. Those ashy Europeans wrapped in capes, glazed ranks of zombies browsing in the mall. The cabin-dwelling fan with swelling hopes, her novelist in reach. I don't know why I lean toward the viper in the mink, the tortured traitor in the Charvet tie, lancet prime to disembowel the bank. Bad, so bad. A shudder more than human, when will we see their dreadful likes again? The drips who mapped the older starlet's ruin or herded virgins into wicker men. The hazmat-suited soldiers come for you. The pork-pie preacher targeting the young for hidden money, crossing the bayou, white knuckles flashing love and hate. How come? 
Could it be that daybreak lay ahead with sunny buses, clinking streams of coins, the people taking lunches nearly dead, waiting for their sandwiches in lines, that muttering backs were hovering in bars, that children were deciding what to leave, that cubicles had manacles and ears, and you, with nothing left to do but drive toward the setting sun, your rosebud home, the neighbors you can't fathom or forgive, then up the stairs to the crib in the back room, containing something awful and alive. <laughs> that was an awesome ending. Do you remember that movie, It's Alive? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. claw coming out of the bassinet. <laughs> God, that freaked me out so much. <laughs> I was like eight. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, are you a Bond villain fan? A Bond villain? You yeah, watch- I like I like Bond villains. I like Bond villains a lot. Do you have a favorite? Oh, um, Jaws. Okay, I think yeah. I liked um I liked Blofeld and I liked um I liked Jaws. But then um I recently saw Moonraker and then Jaws has that romance with that girl. I don't recall that. Well Jaws no. goes off into the sunset with some very tiny oh, blonde girl. Don't they float away or something? They float like that? away, yeah. that's right, yeah. Oh wow, weird, yeah. <laughs> but I think Blofeld, that's the guy stroking the Persian yeah. cat, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good evening, Mr. Bond. We meet again, only this time I have the advantage. (laughs) So you're doing a reading this evening. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's part of the Insight reading, and it's with Gary Godfredson and John Pass, and it's part of the Insight series. Which is what? Um, It's part of the Vancouver Writers' Festival, um, and uh, it's going to be at the downtown branch of the Vancouver Public Library, so... The, the big one on Georgia. Mm-hmm. And how is it that those three poets got, uh, was Rachel Rose's hosting? Should, Rachel did she Rose's get to hosting. say who the three poets are going to be? Or how is it that they picked you three? Uh, are you all on the same press? or No, I think that it's because we're all, it's the theme of journeys. So okay. we're all writing about, we're all writing about journeys, real or metaphorical. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Let the Empire Down is, is about sort of journeys of escape. So we've all got our, Little journey connected mandates. Ah, it's going to be interesting. Are all three poets? We're all poets. Yeah. Yes. Um, I just read John Pass's book last week because it was sent to us in the fall when he was doing some things, and I finally got around to reading it. And I don't know Gary Godfredson's work, so, but I think it's be an interesting triple pairing there. You were talking about rhythm, and when you were reading that second piece you the incantation rhythm of the first piece and then that second piece I could hear the rhythm as well and just before we went on air we were talking about how you and RC know each other is that that spoken word background um can we talk a little bit about that and and does that still inform your writing yeah it does it does because you know the one thing I think that people have to remember is that the act of writing poetry even if you're not standing on a stage poetry is a performative act Poetry was the original entertainment. It was the original newscast. And it was, and I think that for me, that should always be in the back of my mind. It's always in the back of my mind when I'm writing something is I must write this. I have to write this for myself, but I also potentially should be able to read this aloud. Mm-hmm. It should have some kind of, um, I don't know, not entertainment quality, but it should have something 
that that sort of hooks into people's imagination that they can remember. And for me, when I started off in the uh, performance poetry scene uh, with RC, my work was metrical and it rhymed, but largely that had, um, you know, a mnemonic purpose. It was, it made it easier to remember. Yeah. And so you could remember huge blocks of text and, and it would sort of stay in there. Yeah. And also I liked being able to create a contrast. So you'd have a, a metrical form that you could play with. You could distend, you could stretch, you could compress, but you could have really hilarious, incongruous sub subject matter embedded within that very sort of, you know, well-crafted form. Yeah. Most, most people who have been on slam teams are, a lot of them are, not all of them, but a lot of them are known for a specific thing. Yeah, like you know, a there's shtick. somebody who's a political poet, or yeah. there's somebody like uh, R.C. is more surrealist. Yeah. You know, so did you have what was your label or or your self identifier at that time, or did, was it the metrics? It was the metrics, and I had a particular performance style in those days. Like I was, you know, I was young, younger, and I remember <laughs> I would just kind of stand on stage and sort of bark. I guess I would just stand with a very serious face, and you know sort of serious little frowning face and I would declaim very, very stiffly and um, that was sort of my shtick and people would go ha 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 and now I don't really do that as much anymore because I well, don't, yeah, why you don't need everything to. is you don't need to yeah you, you sort of you, you don't have as much of an axe to grind and you know you're more relaxed about life and also you get to understand when you study verse and when I went back to school I went back to school in 2000 and Ooh, 10 and did an MFA and when I began to learn more about poetics I began to relax more the more I knew the more I was able to relax with reading and with mm -hmm. writing and and so you learn to play with having a more conversational tone mm. and um, you know not just standing up there and barking yeah do you think you would be the poet you are today if you hadn't done that earlier my MFA I think it was the right time to do it when I did it because I did it after I did it after having had a kid and having been at home and having experienced sort of it was very it was a very happy time to have a kid but it was also very lonely. There was my, my meeting the tormentors in Safeway is about essentially it's about postpartum depression, the loneliness of being a mother and having to contend with being in a circle of very competitive people who are raising children and just what your life becomes and how you cope. And so I, I wanted to write this particular kind of poem at the time. And it was, I think I had to have the experience and then go back to school. I couldn't have gone back to school and then had the experience, mm -hmm. I think. And then I'm going back to school again in the fall, uh, this fall, to do a doctorate. And so um, I think everything has happened as it was meant to happen. Cool. And and the the doctorate is going to be in housework. Um, it's going to be in developments of formalist poetics um, in the works of women poets writing about the domestic. So basically, formal housewife poetry. Sound familiar? <laughs> Are there, would, yeah, I was going to say you're going to ask the same be, question. Or, yeah. Oh well, starting I think starting from the Puritans like Anne Bradstreet, and then you know going all the way to the present day and including like Latino poets like. Julia Alvarez and you know so and then present day poets just writing about you know the domestic realm and using metrical structures so mm. housekeeping with metrical structures. Well, we're listening to um, 
Alexandra Oliver. And your Twitter, your Twitter handle is Ms. Oliver. Miss Oliver. Miss M-I-S-S-O-L-I-V-E-R. Because there are many Alexandra Olivers, as we were talking about before. It's a dime a dozen. We're a and dime we're, a dozen. And we're going to hear another poem for her in a moment here on Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM. Okay. Um, let's talk about tapeworms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Part of, I was hoping you were going to say that. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's perfect. I've just had sushi, so anything can <laughs> happen. Um, I have a small son and um, small boys. Um, I'm sure you, maybe you remember this from when you were small. When I had a small boy. When, when you had a small boy. He's a small boy. Still have one a small there boys? inside. Inside. In We've all got a small boy inside, small person. Um, but they like gross stuff. Right. It's like this is like it's like prime currency to have gross like a sort of a Fort Knox of gross things that you can (laughs) refer to. And a few years ago, well, in Glasgow, we got Gavra a big science book. And so we'd have eaten. We would have had some lovely big pub lunch and we'd be driving back and Gavra would say, would you like to learn about tapeworms? (laughs) No, son, not really. Um, But this is called Job Proposal for Gavra, age seven. (laughs) who has just been given a 452-page science almanac. (laughs) Today, while going to the shops, you told your dad and me about the tapeworm cycle, how each untested pork chop means survival. Thrilled to teach, you would not be controlled. We got the full meal deal. You had the feeding habits down, the scolex seeking tenure in the gut-sweet, fleshy, floral pasture, the weight loss, faintness, and suspicious bleeding. Next time, we're in a room of lurching boars, discussing stocks or Taylor Swift's last show, or why their past liaisons never gelled. I'll pay you 50 bucks for three whole hours to tell the buggers everything you know, (laughs) plus bonus when the last one is expelled. You must like tapeworms, though, if you write about them a little bit. I well, it's fascinating. It's like, and also, you know, gross stuff. Also, I always found gross stuff kind of interesting too. I was a bit of a tomboy like that, so. But, you know, I don't like to think too deeply about me and tapeworms. But it's it's funny to see little boys, like, you know, and they're engaged, like, you know, like, boogers, tapeworms, poo. Like, they love this. There's this whole sort of, you know, cornucopia of gross things they like to discuss. You I know, know some it, poets that I see on the slam stage that still do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you not think that you little, little girls like that, too? I can, I can Little girls, up or... no, I think that they like other gross stuff like Justin Bieber and <laughs> Instagram and, you know. Their gro- the gross tastes run. Plastic away. purses. Plastic, That's a gross thing. Plastic purses and <laughs> glitter lip gloss oh, and eye glitter. rolling and being mean to other little girls. And, stop it. Just stop it. Yeah, I know. Make <laughs> it stop. So uh, the book you've got, uh, Let the Empire Down, can might as well uh, push the press and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Let the Empire Down is my second trade collection with Biblioasis. Um, it has just been released uh, this month, and uh, we're going to be supporting the book with uh, the appearance tomorrow, but also appearances in Mississauga. Appearance K- today. Yeah, appearance today. Yeah. Um, appearance today. Mississauga, excuse me, a little tired, jet lag. <laughs> uh, 
Kingston, Windsor, we've done Peterborough, we're going to do Ottawa, a few dates in Toronto. So You're set. We're set. We're and then also in Hamilton and then McMaster in October. So we're you know, we're cooking with gas. Yeah. And you were uh, you were, did a reading last night at the Book Warehouse. I did on Main Street with Kathy Page and that was a lot of fun. Really good fun. That's great. Yeah, I hear that's a nice place to read that the owner there is really supportive of poets and readings. Oh, and James? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his name is. I've just heard the owner there is great. Yeah, he is. He's really great and really nice. That's fantastic. Uh, let's get another uh, poem in quick. We've okay. got uh, about four or five minutes. Four or five minutes. Okay, let me see. Do we want funny? Do we want sure. scary? Do we oh, want scary? Let's scary. Do whatever you want. Okay, let me see. Um... Uh, well, we've done tapeworms. Let me see. And how long are you reading for this evening? I'm going to read for 15 minutes. And are you first, second, or third? Uh, I don't know yet. Ah. I don't know yet. We're going to find out. How about bosses? Okay. They're the ones who pointed out the door, said you are unproductive, wrong, disliked. Once it was done... You feared them even more. Some wigged-out wraith escaping underfloor the vampire hunter with a hawthorn spike. You have to broach the wretched month-past task. Approach them in their high, expelling seat. Jerk your sagging breastbone in and ask for references. Insults in a mask. Tried very hard. Good hygiene. <laughs> Pleasant. Neat. Why is it that we fear stinging switch, now closeted and curling in a box? Avoid them at the trade show with a twitch, abandoning the old and vengeful itch to sail on with a tossing of one's locks. Warm yourself with them, a blanket shell. Wrap them tightly round your frozen flanks. Hear their muffled, sad, hypoxic swell as they go shooting down to that bright hell where someone shuts their file and says, No thanks. Ouch. Wigged out wraith. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your poems. Thank you for having me on this beautiful day. It's been really fun. Yeah, Good. it's nice that we can see the sunshine out there. And the reading tonight is at the Vancouver Public Library downtown. At the uh, Alice McKay Room. And it starts at 7.30? Yes, it starts at 7.30, and there will be books for sale. And me and John Pass and Gary Godfordson and Rachel Rose are all looking forward to seeing you, so come down. And it will be absolutely free to attend. It is free. That's the nice thing about those Insight Reading series. Well, the, anything in the library is free. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a nice thing. There's lots of nice things like, like that you're going to be reading, but that's one of the nice things. Exactly. And tomorrow night, not free, but at the Wise Hall at 8 o'clock is Mighty Mike McGee and Friends. He's in town again for one of his seasonal shows. I don't know who the friends are. And then on Saturday, there's a Wicked and Wild Words featuring Angelika P Paversky and at uh, the Richmond Cultural Center at 7 p.m. Angelika has just... Angelica. Angelica, sorry. I always do that with her name. I was going to say something about what had just happened. Well, she is a, a member of the 2016 
Vancouver Youth Poetry Slam team. She uh, made the team this past Monday. And I was going to say, as far as uh, Mike McGee and friends, one of the friends will be uh, the Grand Slam champion. Santiago Urena will be uh, performing at uh, Mike McGee and From Friends. From the Youth Slam. That's yeah. great. And both of those two poets have very distinctive styles. You know, sometimes we we hear a lot of kind of copying, but they definitely have their own style, each of those, Ange- Angelica and Santiago. Is that his name? Yeah, I'm not as familiar with him. And then on Saturday, there's the launch of Dagger Editions with the Queer Arts Festival at the Lost and Found Cafe at 33 West Hastings at 7 p.m. Betsy Warland and Nicola Harwood will be reading from their new books. And on Sunday at Poetry New West, it'll be Jordan Abel featuring at 2 o'clock mm. at Original's Restaurante Mexicano at 800 Carnarvon Street. And also this weekend, Friday and Saturday, the Game of Thrones is back in town and there will be, uh, it's Game of Thrones live and there's, uh, Pam doesn't like it, but it's a lot of fun and there's a dirty haiku battle in the middle of it <laughs> with uh, J.R.R. Tolkien going against uh, George R.R. R. Martin. And I believe that maybe Mike McGee's uh, presence in the city at this time has maybe something to do with that, but I'm not entirely yes, sure. Yes, he is performing there. Yes. So, Amazing. Well, one of that is well anyway whatever you'll have to go and see if you're not like me and hate game of thrones you'll have to go see because i hear it is a very entertaining show i don't like game of thrones yes i haven't seen game of thrones but this game of thrones live is a lot of fun is it it's yeah. funny yeah it's very funny <laughs> and lots of burlesque and audience participation and uh, amazing it's really good amazing yeah. so we're gonna say goodbye and then we're gonna have this one more time before oh, we turn okay. it over so i'm pam bentley i've been one of your co-hosts today on wax poetic and i'm rc weslowski just reminding you that uh, co-op radio we're testing our transmitter facility up until the 4th of april which is this coming monday uh, so that means you might be experiencing some uh, weirdness with your signal on your radio uh, maybe interference or any other sort of distortions and uh, fuzziness. Uh, if you are, give us a call, 604-684-8494 and extension 226 to report that. Again, 684-8494 and extension 226. Thank you, Alexandra, for being our guest today. It was really great having you here. Thank you, Pamela and RC, for having me. It's been really fun. Cool. Uh, that's it for us. Until next week. No apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?